0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Necessary roughness brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram with 11 year NFL veteran big 10 offensive lineman of the year and captain of the national championship, Michigan Wolverines John Jansen. And 10 year NFL veteran, two time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, TJ Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and TJ Lang. Well, TJ, we are 27 days away from the veterans reporting to Lions training camp, which is supposed to be the 26th, first open practice on July the 30th. Um, Now that you've been retired for a few years, do you still get the itch at all when training camp comes around uh, of kind of missing out on going to camp, missing out on being with the guys? I I know I do. Um, I stay busy on whatever day it is just because I still miss, miss playing, but I miss the guys getting back together. Um, and I know that there's there's a lot of things about training camp that aren't uh, our favorite. Uh, there's a lot of things about it that are, are are arduous, that are are you know painful. But after a long off season, um, and maybe you had minicamp, maybe you didn't. Maybe you know when when I played, we had a a much more extensive off season program. So you saw guys. But this is the first time everybody's back together, and it's it, to me, it was always kind of nice to have that little bit of a reunion. Uh, the football season's up and running. Do you you still get the itch when
1: training camp rolls around? Um, no, and I think you're crazy for missing training camp. <laughs> it's the worst part of the year. I, I get the itch, you know, being, uh, this will be my fourth season not playing now, but normally like around week eight, week nine, you know, November yeah. starts to hit, and uh, just fall weather and football weather like that's kind of the time where I'm like damn you know like wish I was playing damn, I wish I could go play you know um, but training camp no I mean this is probably uh, and, and the best this, it, I don't understand I, that because I, I had camp,
0: 10 no. years in Virginia which was hotter than hell, well, Human you had, as hell you, had, you had training camps too you had training camp in Green Bay and in Detroit, it
1: would get warm in Green Bay. It would get warm. <laughs> it would get
0: warm, right? It wouldn't get hot, miserably Luke, hot, Luke and and humid, and and just sweat dripping off your balls.
1: Yeah, not it, not that hot. Couple come on, days man. No, but I, I look. I mean, training camp, uh, like you said, getting back in the building. I mean, look, these guys were just together for a couple months during the OTAs and the offseason workouts. That's more of like a kind of breaking in period type honeymoon per- period where it's just hanging out with the guys, working out, nothing's really at stake. You're trying to learn the system, blah, 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 whatever, get into shape. But when training camp hits, it's, uh, it's a different vibe. It's time to work, you know? You realize... Hey, I mean you only got about a month until you start playing real football. So that the stakes are definitely higher, but no, for me this was always like this time, this week, you know, end of June, beginning of July, this was always the best time of the year for me because you get to go back home, you know, I playing in Green Bay, I'd come back to Michigan and you get, you know, 6-7 weeks off before training camp and uh, get to enjoy a little bit of the summer before you, you know, your season locks down. Um once 4th of July always hit for me it was always kind of like now I'm all I'm doing is counting down the days you know what I mean it's been a fun summer I've had fun uh you know hanging out on the boat but it's 4th of July now you know we only got a couple weeks they're going to fly by and then training camp's going to start and you're going to have to gear up but no I I it, look and and the difference between training camp I mean you obviously playing, uh, you know, late '90s 2000s periods. I mean, those training camps were brutal, and I went through a couple of them. Um, you know, practicing at 8 a.m., going working out, sitting in meetings all day, and then coming out again practicing at 6 p.m. Uh, you know, for two and a half, three hours. Those two days were those were rough. I mean, those were those were t- those were super rough. These guys nowadays don't know what that's like because obviously that was taken away. Um, part of the new CBA back in 2011, I think it was. Right, yeah, the so, year after I retired. Yeah, that they took away the 2 days And uh, training camp was, I mean, honestly felt like a breeze once the two-a-days were gone, because I think that's what everybody used to dread the most, at least offensive linemen did. But, yeah, these guys, I, I used to tell these guys, man, you, you can't really complain about training camp. I mean, we're only out here for two hours, two and a half hours, and we get to go sit in meetings. We don't have to come do two-a-days like we did, uh, you know, 10 years ago. That Those those were the tough ones. If you've been through two-a-days, you don't bitch about the new training camp because it's just uh, – it's obviously a lot lighter on your body, a lot of – lo- a lesser workload – um, you know, throughout those practices. But I don't, I don't, I mean... What was your July like? When, when July, you talk about, I, the, you know, <laughs> the, final, the final time
0: with the family final away from, yeah. you know, just rest, relaxation. What would you do in July in the ramp up to training camp?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, that was kind of the last minute detail of, you know, everybody goes through this, even when you're playing games, you know, you have a little maybe couple seconds where you're like, gosh, I hope I'm ready. I think I'm ready, right? I've done enough to prepare, but I hope I'm ready. Like July was kind of like that for me where it's like, gosh, I hope I'm ready for training camp. You know, I've I put in the work. I think I'm ready, but, you know, I, maybe I got to do a little bit extra, you know, to make sure. Because the last thing you want to do is go into training camp, And start on a bad note, whether it's being overweight or whether it's being out of shape. Um, You obviously don't want to get off to a start like that. But uh, July for me was, you know, like you said, I mean, the older I got, the more um, important it was for me to really spend time with the kids and the family and especially when I was playing in Green Bay. Um, you know, I was only home in Michigan for a couple months out of the year. So, you know, tried to make it a point to, you know, see my brother, see my mom and um kinda hang out because once the season starts, I mean, you know, it's just it's lockdown. You don't get a you don't get a chance to do a lot of that stuff until, you know, whenever your bye week may fall. So, um just kinda ramping up those last, you know, minute details about, you know, trying to get into shape and also trying to make sure you did enough to uh you know spend time with with loved ones and friends before uh, before you before you ship off
0: now TJ uh, this is the time of year where obviously we previewed uh, the lions offensive line on our last episode and we had a chance we're, we're gonna preview a lot of the position groups individuals going into this uh, training camp in this football season and we're gonna get a chance to see some back uh, ground information because they're gonna be on hard knocks but there's, there's always rankings coming out, and ESPN just came out with a ranking that they ranked the talent on a roster, the the quality of the roster, and they also gave the the depth chart, which the depth chart to me is, that's pretty obvious for most teams going into training camp, and then you're gonna have some injuries and guys may move up, may move down, um, but they ranked this roster um, out of the 32 teams. At number 25. And right, I always like to look at the teams right in front of them or right behind them. And right in front of the Detroit Lions at number 22 uh, are the Pittsburgh Steelers. 23, the Arizona Cardinals. At 24, the New York Jets, which that one kind of surprised me that they were in front of the Lions. And then right behind them, you got the Giants at 26, the Carolina Panthers at 27, and Jacksonville – at 28. Um, and I'm, I'm curious your take on the preseason ranking in regards to the depth of talent, the starting talent, the, the roster as a whole. Do you think that's about where they should be?
1: I think it's fair as we sit here, you know, today um, based off of you know what they did last year, and and some new pieces that they added. I'd say it's probably fair, um, but look, I think I, I don't expect that them to be that low. You know, once the season starts, I mean, you're planning. You're you're you know, big part of your plan is for a lot of these young players to take a big step in year two, right? Um, And even veteran guys, you know, taking a second-year step in the system. You know what I mean? Having that comfort and having that chemistry um, to where you're not really, uh, you know, worrying about too much install and learning the playbook as you are just going out there and playing because you already know it. So I think uh, a lot of it's predicated on, you know, guys taking that year-two step. But um, I would say it's fair. I mean, I don't really have a qualm with that right now because, look, with how excited we are, uh, you know, and optimistic we are about this team heading into this year, um, there's still quite a few questions, you know, unanswered questions that people are going to keep their eye on, you know, like the linebacker position, you know, the depth on the defensive line, how the secondary is going to play out, uh, right? Even the receiver group. I mean, obviously um, we have high expectations for them when it comes to production, but, um, you know, are they going to live up to to their potential, right? Uh, those those questions are obviously going to be answered here in a couple months, but, um, As far as right here today, preseason 25, I mean, maybe seem a little bit low, but I wouldn't put them, you know, in the top 20, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, you you just have to see and, uh, you know, you obviously got to wait and see to see who the impact players are going to be. Who's going to be that guy that takes that year two step from, you know, maybe being a depth player to having a breakout type season.
0: Well, it's interesting that you say the tier year two step because I, I do want to, in just a few moments, I want to talk about the year two of last year's rookie quarterbacks. Um, and there's six of them that I want to talk about and their expectations um, going into year two. But That linebacker position you mentioned, a lot of question marks there. Um, Derek Barnes going into year two. What do you expect him to be this year? Do you expect him to start? And what is it that he, in your mind, were things that he needed to work on and be better at going into year two?
1: Uh, I think the one thing that hopefully improves with him is reaction time instincts you know being that ball hawk type guy where um you know you're, you're getting your reads uh you know pre-snap reads obviously formations motions you're reading stances and um linebacker look a lot of the great linebackers you know know what plays are coming before the ball snapped yeah. i mean i can't remember how many times we played you know luke Keekley or bobby wagner and those guys are sitting there saying hey run run over here run over here and in the back of your head you're like how the hell does he know that? Yeah. You're right. You're right. You know, that's just that's you know, how just are we what, giving that away? Yeah, that just separates those guys. And then you think, okay, is it because of the formation? Is he reading my stance? Right? Those are what the good linebackers do. So with Derek Barnes, hopefully in year two, the game slows down for him a little bit, and he's more uh, he can take a more um, you know cerebral approach to that rather than just thinking this is what I got. You know, go out there and be a playmaker. I think they're a better defense with him on the field. But um, for me, it's got to be instincts, and obviously uh, with that comes. You know, you, you talk about you want to be a big-time linebacker in this league. you got to be a sure tackler, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, Derek, last year, um, I don't think there were big issues, but there were some plays where, you know, you're just like, man, just wrap them up, you know? And I think the big run uh, in the Vikings game, you know, yeah. when Madison ripped one off. He had him, you know, Derek Barnes had him stopped right there at the line of scrimmage. Goes on for, I think it was a 50-, 60-yard game, big play in that game. So plays like that, you know, making sure that you're uh, you're finishing. You know what I mean. Put yourself in a good position to make a play and finish.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes with just the confidence and anticipation. Is is such a big part of that linebacker position? Is you know one film study, knowing uh, what are the keys, what what who is going to tip me off? Is it a formation? Is it a personnel group down in distance? All of those different things in a rookie's head. That's a lot going on, yeah. Because the speed of the game is so much faster than it is in college. Now, in year two, hopefully, from January when the season ended for him to the the lead up to the first game against Philly, that there is this this time that he has spent studying film, studying himself, studying the opponents that he's going to face this year. Uh, because things will change, but you can still look at you know a lot of film and. The, the mental side I think is going to be the biggest, the biggest hurdle for him is making sure that to be in the right place at the right time, to anticipate, to be able to process all that information at the linebacker position, uh, run, pass, all of those different things, it comes down to recognition, and if you've spent time you know identifying those things in the offseason. okay you know when when we're playing against Chicago because a lot of those guys are going to be the same or green bay or minnesota you know that that's 6 games right there when you can anticipate what a player is doing and what an offense is doing and with with reasonable amount of certainty you know approach a game with great confidence that you know what's going to happen before it happens, then you can play faster. Then you're in position. Then you're not thinking about wrapping up and you know hitting a, a, a guard with the right shoulder pad or the left shoulder pad. All of those things should now become instinctual because you're back to playing the game of football like you did in college because you, you had a base of knowledge going into every single game. You had confidence that you had had success but now it's a matter of the mental side of things, making sure that hey, instead of processing all that information, it should become second nature. Now it's just a matter of going out and performing. I'm hoping that's where where Derek Barnes is going into year two. And in regards to starting, um, do you expect that he's going to be the starting linebacker for this team? Because you got Alex Anzalone. Um, Derek Barnes, you've Jared you know, Davis. You, you've got yeah, Jared Davis is back in the mix. You've got some other guys that are, are going to be pushing uh, for some starting time. Is he the guy that goes into Week One as the starting linebacker?
1: One of them, I would I would say, gosh, I would hope so. I I do. I think uh, he's probably up there with. Anzalone and probably Jared Davis, as of right now, to be one of the three guys. Right, with them moving more to a uh, four-three style of attack defense. Um, I don't know if that move helps him too. Well, I mean, here's the thing: when the, the the scheme that they ran last year um should allow the linebackers to make most of the plays right by that meaning you know your defensive line two gapping and trying to hold up you know two offensive linemen at a time that should free up your linebackers a little bit more to play lateral but with this new attack style defense um i do i think it i think it helps your linebackers um read plays better you know when you're having the defensive line jet up the field instead of just kind of playing down the line of scrimmage it's to playing vertical instead of lateral i think is going to give uh, open up the vision a little bit more for linebackers to make some play. So, um, you know, he could be a guy that, that that definitely benefits from that too. But I would expect him, uh, yeah, I think he's might be at the top of my list when you take a look at uh, just players on this team that are coming off their rookie year that you expect to see a big second-year jump. I yeah. think he would probably be at the top of my list. So anything less of him um, – you know, starting or being an impact player on that defense for my expectations would probably be a little bit disappointing. I'm sure for his expectations. Yeah.
0: Too. And, you know, the, the, we talk about the mental side of things. There's no position where it's probably more important than the quarterback position. And last year, there were five quarterbacks taken in the first round, and we're going to focus mainly on the Detroit Lions. But going into the football season, um, we are going to focus a little bit about you know what's going on around the NFL. And there were five quarterbacks taken in the first round. Another one that got a, a ton of playing times—thirteen uh, playing time, thirteen games, thirteen starts—that's Davis Mills, uh, who was drafted in the third round uh, by the Houston Texans. And a lot of what he did was was overlooked because, one, they were so bad, but, two, the whole drama of Deshaun Watson and everything that was going on there. But um, the five in the first round, obviously Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, uh, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. Now, I am going to throw Davis Mills in there because he got so much playing time. Who out of those six quarterbacks, and the answer could be the same, could be different. The first question... Who takes the biggest step forward from year one to year two?
1: Oh, boy. Um, I mean, I would think Trevor Lawrence, you know, just with uh, obviously him being the number one pick. And, um, you know, I know they're going through a coaching change, but... Uh, everything that happened last year with Urban Meyer uh, just sounded like a complete dumpster fire down there in Jacksonville. (laughs) So now that, uh, look, I mean, Doug Peterson's a very well-respected guy. I think every team he's ever coached, the players uh, really enjoy playing for him. So I think when you uh, factor in that equation, um, Trevor Lawrence for me would probably be the guy that I would expect to uh, make a noticeable jump in year two. Um, The other guy, look, I mean, Trey Lance, you don't really know much about him, right. but he's probably he's the one, the one that, did, that played the least. Yeah, and he's probably the one, though, that's set up uh, for immediate success better than anybody else. Because um, of what's around him. You know, what's around him, San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan and uh, George Kittle and um, hopefully... Debo Samuel De- yeah. Debo Samuel. Um, who knows what's gonna happen with him but he's probably most set up he's he's set up the best f- to come in and have an immediate impact just because uh, the team that he plays for um, so he'll be interesting to watch too
0: yeah and you mentioned Trevor Lawrence I do think he probably takes the biggest step forward one he's I think all around got the best set of skills and whether it's with his feet whether it's his ball handling skills it's his arm it's his height um, plus the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars went out and signed Christian Kirk. They've got Marvin Jones Jr., who we're obviously very familiar with. Uh, Zay Jones is their other wide receiver. they got LaViscus um, you know, in that wide receiver room, who's a big target to throw the ball to. They went out and did about everything they could to improve their roster on the offensive side of things in one year as they possibly could. And,
1: and you get a healthy, hopefully, Travis Etienne back, who was a number one pick last year as well. Yeah. Torres Achilles, I think, missed the whole season. So it be interesting to see how he's used as gadgety-type player. I'm sure he'll be a, probably a pretty good playmaker for him as well.
0: Yeah, and and I'm curious um, about two guys. One, Trey Lance. um you know, and, and as you mentioned, nobody is going to have more weapons around him than than Trey Lance um, with the San Francisco 49ers, especially with a coach like Kyle Shanahan who can be very creative. Um, and I'm I am excited to see a little bit about Kyle and learn a little bit more about Kyle Shanahan in regards to he's got a quarterback in a, in, in, in a quarterback style that's different than I think anybody that he's really, you know, had – influence over before you know it was in atlanta it was matt ryan and we know matt ryan's as immobile as any quarterback (laughs) in the nfl um jimmy g is a little bit more mobile but you wouldn't classify him as a two-way threat now now trey lance offers that you know that dual threat at quarterback where yeah you can use him as a runner you want to be cautious because um you know you don't want to get your quarterback hurt he's no josh allen but you know, he's got tremendous, you know, skill in terms of arm talent and, you know, can throw the ball deep. He's going to have some weapons. I'm, ex- I'm, a, I'm curious to see him. And that leads me to my, my second question, which of the quarterbacks, I kind of answered it myself in talking about Trey Lance, um, and you did a little bit, but in regards to which of those six quarterbacks intrigues you the most going into to year two?
1: I think the one that I need to see a little bit more of might be Mac Jones. Um, 17 starts, 22
0: s- touchdowns, 13 interceptions. They did make the playoffs.
1: Which isn't overly impressive. I mean, for rookie m- numbers, you might say, you know, yeah. Like, it's pretty solid start. But for him, there's just something about him where I'm just not fully bought not sold. in yet. You know, no. not sold on him yet. So I think he's the one that... Uh, intrigues me he can either become you know is he going to be a Tom Brady type guy that just takes off you know and 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 is a stud or is he going to be a guy that just kind of is what he is you know and, yeah. and obviously with New England last year um they took a different approach you know they went out and signed a bunch of free agents signed a couple tight ends and weapons for him and um you know. okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend
0: another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You
1: know, but they were still kind of that run-first offense. You know, A lot of Mac Jones's success wasn't... You know, just throwing the ball, airing it out 40 times. I mean, a lot of games he's throwing it, you know, 20 times, 22 times, and a lot of that was coming off of play action. So he's probably the guy that honestly I think intrigues me because it it, it just, I I still feel unsure about him. I still feel like it's, it's, it can go one of two ways. He's either going to be a superstar or he's just going to be, you know, what we saw last year, right? I don't really know if there's any in between. I think, uh, you know, it's 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 going to be interesting to watch his his development in year two.
0: Yeah, and uh, the one quarterback that nobody really talks about, and and he had a, I don't want to say disastrous rookie season because I don't really believe any quarterback should start as a rookie. I think the college game and NFL game, while it is, become you know it's getting more in line with one another. It's a completely different game still. The speed of the game is so much faster. But Zach Wilson it, with the Jets almost nobody talks about him and the weapons that they've added. And going into year two, they've got, you know, Ohio State wide receiver, um, one of their first-round picks, Garrett Wilson. They've got Corey Davis at receiver, Elijah Moore. Uh, they drafted Brees Hall. Um, they've got some playmakers on the outside. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think the big question for them is how much they can protect them. Yeah. Um, you know, with that offensive line, it's a this'll be a make it or break it year, I think, for Makai Becton. Uh and all reports are that he has he's ballooned up this offseason. He he's coming in very heavy. Um now obviously we mentioned there's still what four weeks before they report, and a lot can happen with, with us big guys and our weight in four weeks, but um if they can't protect him, it really doesn't matter. How many weapons they have around him? Because he's gonna—he's probably a little gun shy from last year. You know where are they coming from? Who's gonna hit me, and when are they gonna hit me? Um, and if if he has to spend two years getting beat up, uh, my 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 concern is that they might ruin
1: him. <laughs> it's possible. I and mean, he was—I mean, the old, I think the only other quarterback sacked more last year was Justin Fields. Yeah, you know? uh,
0: actually, I think it was a
1: um, uh,
0: uh, Joe Burrow.
1: Oh, Joe uh, Burrow had a lot of sacks, too. I yeah. think sack rate, yeah. you know, I'm actually looking at it right now. Fields was 11.8%, and Wilson was 103 Ugh. That's a lot. 10% yeah. of your dropbacks are getting hit, uh, at least hit and sacked. But, yeah, I mean, I, you know, they signed Lakin Tomlinson, who, look, I mean, Lakin, I never thought got a fair shake here in Detroit. Um, went out to San Francisco and really turned his career around and earned himself a nice contract. He's a, he's a pretty solid guard, but like you said, I mean Zach Wilson's just kind of like a I don't know tweener for me. Maybe yeah. put him in the Mac Jones category where you just don't know which way it's going to go. Um, you know, obviously showed uh, I, look. I don't watch a ton of Jets games <laughs> <laughs> in right. I mean, Will this year Why just because you? you know the lines are going to match up with him? But he's just kind of still in that tweener category for me where. Um, he could be a superstar or he could just be kind of eh, whatever yeah. you know and I can't get around the fact that it's still the Jets <laughs> right? they have a way of kind of uh, ruining good talent yeah. Somehow. Yeah. so uh, it'll be an interesting one to see out one one name we haven't brought up though um, that I think you would probably agree on with this that's probably set up for the least success in year two might be Justin Fields oh my god I mean you look at Chicago and Losing Allen Robinson, you know, number one target. You, they didn't really add anything. Their offensive line is just not good. Yeah. Uh, you look at the weapons and you just kind of like, like, ugh. Yeah, you, you ugh. mentioned that sack rate, like, hit rate, they and
0: I don't see it improving at all. Now, some of it can improve just by Justin Fields learning more about blitzes in the NFL, pressures, and getting rid of the ball yeah. so he doesn't get hit. But at some point, you got to protect the guy. And, you know, when we talked about whether it was Zach Wilson adding Garrett Wilson at wide receiver, um, you, we talked about Trevor Lawrence and the additions that they made in the skill position. Trey Lance having the, um, you know, the advantage of having a talented roster around him. Mac Jones and the free agents that they went out and signed last year. Uh, Justin Fields, I mean, if, if you're going into year two and that's going to be your franchise quarterback, why would you not? Do something to give him some help, and instead of adding talent, they lost talent in Allen Robinson. So I, I just I agree with you. I think that 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 one is uh, obviously we're intrigued because it's in division, um, and more than happy to watch him struggle um, as a division opponent. But as just a guy that watches football, I think he's got some some uh, a large upside. But again. Don't want him to get ruined by not being able to develop at the quarterback position because he's getting murdered all the time.
1: Yeah, it's going to be... And look, I mean, uh, you know, I obviously have a rivalry with the Bears and, you know, don't like Ohio State. So last year, you know, that was kind of hard on Justin Fields. I mean, he did do some nice things. And you're okay with that? He did some nice things, though. I mean, he he showed... There's a couple games. I think one that stood out was, gosh, was it like a Monday night game against uh, Pittsburgh where... Late in the game, remember Cassius Marsh got that stupid penalty taunting the sideline that ended up causing him. But Justin Fields made some incredible throws in that game, and that was a big time stage, too. Um, So he's definitely got the talent to be a good quarterback, I think. But like you said, I mean, is the mindset, does the mindset, you know, equal the talent, right? Um, Because, look, there's not a lot of people really giving him a shot. I mean, just based off of what's around him, new GM, new coach, does a GM even want him to be, you know, the long-term franchise type guy, who yeah. knows, but I think Justin Fields has the talent, um, he just doesn't have the talent around him, I think he's, I, 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 gosh, and you hate to say this about guys, but I think it might be a rough year for him individually, just uh, playing on the Bears, I don't expect them to I don't expect them to do much this year. I don't no. think anybody really
0: does. No. Um, and before we go, I do want to have just a little bit of fun. And I I told you this before we started recording the podcast, and and I'm a little surprised that I know you were out of country, you were on vacation, you were, um, you know, kicking back with umbrella drinks, but AP, former Lions running back, everybody knows him more for his time in Minnesota, but Adrian Peterson and former Michigan State running back, obviously at Pittsburgh and with the Jets, Le'Veon Bell, are going to put on the gloves, get in the ring, and they're going to have an exhibition bout between two former NFL running backs. <laughs>
1: I, two totally, I totally missed this, too. I mean, I was surprised when you telling me. Obviously, I was in Mexico last week, but yeah. is there any background information on this? Like, do these two not get along? No, I don't or think so. Or is it just like, hey, let's I go have some just fun. Wanna, I think they just want don't, to, I don't know what it is. So my question is,
0: why? Um, and I have my reasons why I think they would do it and, and why, if presented the opportunity, I might do it, um, but... To Do pay you pay me a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be a good reason why. Um, I don't know that there's a lot of money in this for AP or for Le'Veon, but um, I'm going to make you the bookie, all right? Okay. Set the odds. Who is the favorite in this match?
1: Oh, wow. Because I mean, you're, you're talking talk about, about a guy in boxing. Adrian
0: Peterson who yeah. is a freak of nature. I
1: would probably put AP at maybe minus 200. <laughs> You know, put Bell probably, you know, plus 350-ish. Um, AP is just a beast, man. I mean, yeah. he is. Like, and, I mean, I remember standing next to him during one game. It was a TV timeout, and it was kind of one of those review-type plays. We didn't know if we were going to be on offense or defense, so both offenses were on the field. And I remember standing next to him and talking to him. I think we kind of gave, like, a fist bump. And, yeah. like, he had, like, he almost freaking broke my knuckles. Like, with the fist bump, I'm like, dude, this dude is freaking yeah. strong, man. So... I, he's kind of he's kind of out there too a little bit mentally i mean he would be kind of the guy that just that like kind of snaps and takes the yeah. exhibition rocky four where it's just supposed to be fun and just starts killing people <laughs> he, he might he might cross the line I got Yeah, i would say uh gosh yeah ap uh it'd be hard to bet against him
0: uh yeah and i think the other one and this goes back to what we started on the podcast i asked you the question about if you miss training camp because because i do and one of the things that I miss about football um, and that, you know, in nothing that we do the rest of our lives, unless you and I are given this opportunity to put on gloves and square off against each other, um, I miss the contact. I miss the physicality of it. I miss being able to just go put, out there. and
1: on another man.
0: And, and just beat the hell out of someone. <laughs> yeah. I really do because there's no other place – that we can do that.
1: Yeah, no. And legally. it's gone.
0: It's gone forever.
1: Yeah, can't do it legally. Um, that's actually, I mean, I didn't. I don't want to make this a huge topic, but when I was watching the uh, Unrivaled on the Red Wings, um, you know, just awesome how the emotion got going, and that was a great show. But, you know, I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm like, man, I, I never realized how much of an impact, you know, those guys talking about Darren McCarty, Joe Coase or Bob, Bob Probert even before them had an impact on me you know, where it's just like always stick up for your teammates, you know, and obviously in football you can't (laughs) take the helmet off and take the gloves off and stand out there and fight guys. Um, If you're like Sue, you can kick guys, but you're not allowed to punch guys out there. That was the one difference. But uh, you you talk about, yeah, I mean, there's just uh, very few people know what that feels like just to, you know, be asked to line up against somebody who's equal in size you know, put your hands on his chest and move him when, yeah. doesn't when he want doesn't want to doesn't move move go him. that way. Yeah, there's uh, there's very few things that that are more satisfying um, than being able to do that. So that's uh, that's a part of it I miss too. And the the little tumble, you know, the the fights, you know, the little brawls, the little scrums, you know, I always enjoy. I remember one time, gosh, we got into a game and there's a couple ejections, couple brawls, couple scrums. I think it was with uh, Dallas and you know, a couple guys. Trying to take me out on the sideline, and after the game, I remember being asked about it. You know, why are you always in the middle of a scrum? You know, and I'm like, God, you don't got to, you don't got to invite me to the scrum. I'll be the first one there. But I said, it, probably my background watching hockey. I mean, I grew up watching. You know, it, yep. just loving the enforcers and loving that attitude and loving how much uh, they meant to the team. You know, when they were out there, guys weren't gonna f with you. You know, like I really kind of they, they had a big impact on my career because that's how I always tried to. Approach the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, being able to manhandle somebody, you know, that's getting paid a lot of money to try to manhandle you (laughs) when you get them, I mean, there's nothing better than that.
0: Well, um, we're going to wrap this one up and and a little teaser for next week. Next week's episode is going to come out a little earlier in the week, Um, this one a little bit later because uh, both TJ and I were on vacation at the beginning of the week, Uh, but you are actually leaving – um, at some point, I think it's today or tomorrow and you're taking a helicopter ride,
1: uh, next week, actually. Oh, it's next, yes, week. next week. That's Not why we got to go early. So That's next week. So I,
0: I do want to, uh, and I may postpone this then for two episodes because uh i want to know uh what you think about that chopper ride
1: Oof. um i'm not know. feeling good about it i'll tell you that right now
0: <laughs> i'll let you i'll give you a, i'll give
1: you a review afterwards but yes the big it's gonna be a long six days leading uh, up to that. and they're gonna
0: measure every ounce that goes on that helicopter yeah. and you're you thinking lay? how safe Come
1: is this team. really i think i gotta go on a diet lose a couple pounds just so you can <laughs> so i can get on the thing more beer with you <laughs> Yeah, well, Uh, we'll we'll see. I'm kind of excited, but at the same time, um I'm I'm very, very nervous. All right. I'll give you a full detailed review when I get back. Yeah.
0: Well, we look forward to that, but uh, we will come a little bit earlier next week uh, because TJ needs to make his chopper ride. Thanks for listening. We're going to continue to preview the Detroit Lions as we approach training camp, which is supposed to start July the 26th. Fans are welcome down if you're a season ticket holder on July 30. There's going to be a lot of practices open. TJ and I I are going to both be down there for a lot of those practices so we'll look forward to to meeting up with you uh, and we'll talk to you next week here on Necessary Roughness